Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org slash donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. I am Chef Bill Petrie, and I am the founder and CEO of Brandivate. Many in the promotional products industry not only worry about working with the younger generation, also known as millennials, but have cast a very negative light on the entire group. As readers of my blog likely know, I've been a strong advocate of millennials and the overall need to have their voice heard in industry conversations. However, in October of 2016, I wrote a blog titled, Hey Millennials, Enough! where I took the entire generation to task for casting older generations for being only comfortable with the status quo, backward thinking, and having the inability to adapt. I went on to write that being part of the millennial generation doesn't automatically make you a disruptor, more adaptive, or quicker to embrace technology any more than being part of Generation X unquestionably makes me resistant to changing the status quo. This leads me to my guest today, Seth Barnett. Seth Barnett is the Diversity Development Manager for Promotional Products Association International, and he's an advocate of the industry's marketplace success. He develops new ways for business to meet the growing demand of a diverse workforce and a changing consumer market. Seth spent his first three years in the industry as the association's government relations manager, where he coordinated legislative and regulatory obligations for the industry. When it comes to advocating on behalf of millennials, Seth is a key player. Seth wrote a very thorough and thoughtful response to my blog titled, Hey Other Generations, Enough. In that response, Seth expressed his concern that the industry not be so quick to dismiss millennials and rather should seek to embrace them and their ideas. In Seth's words, he said, I believe that we are in a great place to have these sometimes difficult generational conversations. However, we are not the only ones. What we need to be mindful of is that we as an industry are unique. From the way we go to market, to our very specific supply chain, we must adapt according to our methods. I want to ensure that we are having the right conversations for our industry in our changing times. Seth is a featured speaker at many industry events, a champion of millennials in the promotional products industry, and all-around really good guy. Seth, welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it and appreciate the work that you and Promo Kitchen do, especially in the advancement of this particular conversation and I'm thrilled for this opportunity. Well, I think it's definitely an important one. And as I was preparing for this, I really wanted to make sure we have the conversation. So this might be more of a conversational podcast than people are used to listening to, but I think that's okay. Absolutely. So the first question I have for you, Seth, is, I've published a ton of blogs, but I want to focus on two of them, and I referenced that in the preamble to this podcast. One that I wrote, kind of telling millennials, hey, stop complaining that you're always subjugated and nobody wants you around, and the one you thoughtfully authored as a rebuttal, that they're truly the genesis of this podcast. Tell me why you felt so compelled to respond. 
Okay, so I did absolutely appreciate your blog and for getting that messaging out there because I think it draws attention to this subject and we just need to continue to do that because I've always told people the only way that we can be successful in this generational dynamic is if we all just start talking about it and and share that with one another. So I really appreciated that you were able to get out there and put some of your own personal insight into that. The reason I responded and the way that I did was for one, just to give my thought into this whole generational idea. And I wanted to shed some light on what I had seen more outside of my perspective, because yes, I am a millennial, so I certainly read it a certain way. And I think even whenever I reached out to you, I said, I read it twice. I read it once as me as a millennial consumer. And then the second time as somebody who represents the changing generational demographics for our industry as part of the association. By the way, you may be the only person to read any blog post I've written twice. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much for that. I encourage everybody to. It's a good one. So I did that with this taking on a perspective of saying, you know, I've spent the last year talking to people, being in front of industry groups, talking to thought leaders in our industry all the way from management, senior executives, young professional staff, college students, all these different groups of people that I've talked to over the past year. And I wanted to kind of put it into a perspective of the younger generation that I had talked to, that I've connected with, more so in our industry, because I think we're a unique group of people in general, but especially the young professionals in our industry, they're driven and motivated in a completely different way in that they really want to express the value that they have in the ways the older generations are doing things, but want to try to carefully update or at least carefully challenge what we're doing to say, should we be updating ourselves? Should we be moving into a new direction? Or are we doing things the same way they've been done? And that's the only way to do it because we are so specific. So I really wanted to tackle that and give a perspective that looks at that group speaking out individually. And, you know, this group is resistant to doing things the same way, doing things the way that things have been done just because that's the way it works. And so because they're resistant to that, and then the older generations are typically resistant to change, we have clashes. And so that's what I wanted to draw out of that context is, Looking at it from your perspective of you saying very thoughtfully, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to address this topic and the way that we need to be talking about this next generation. And we don't need to be putting this generation on a pedestal, which I totally agree with. And we need to be working cohesively to ensure that we are all achieving the same thing in the long run, which for us specifically is the advancement and continued growth of this industry. And so I wanted to just put in what I saw as the young professional millennial perspective. Right. And I think, like I said, you you really thoughtfully responded to it. You know, my initial point was because I think, you know, I've always been a a very loud advocate for the inclusion of millennials and absolutely in industry conversations, regardless of level. That blog post was a result of working with a specific millennial who will not be named, but so stuck in their ways. But the same person is always preaching how millennials are progressive and we're forward thinking and so on and so forth. But the actions that this person displayed were so contrary to the words and the words were almost angry as it was pointed to other generations. And so that was the genesis of the blog. And my point was, and I 
think we're saying the same thing, just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that we have to categorize people because, okay, I was born in 1969. That makes me 47 years old. So I'm a Gen Xer. So therefore, I must think this way, that way, and I must do things this way and that way. And I more like the thought of whether you're a millennial, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever, it's more of a mindset. Because some of the most progressive people I know, and you and I have had this conversation, but some of the most progressive people I know are of older generations. And some of the people who are fine sitting around their warm blanket of comfort and do nothing to change anything are millennials. So it almost is a mindset. But I think your response was spot on. I like that you put it into that sort of context to say that it's one person drew out some of those thoughts that you had. And that's the way that I see not just this millennial generation, but all generations. If we identify the generations as a whole by just a select group of people, we're going to mislabel because the way that you do things is different than somebody that's in your immediate peer group, just the same way as it is me. And even within our industry, people act and behave differently. Some people want ultimate achievement. Other people want things to remain the same. Right. So it's so unfair. Like you say, it's unfair to categorize people. I really look at it as a very broad, very macro view of generations. And especially whenever I'm talking about this youngest group in the marketplace, I look at it as here's what you think about them because of what, you know, the societal norms or whatever. But that's not necessarily the case based on each individual person, especially the people that I'm trying to get after to come into and lead our industry into the future. Sure. No, and it's an industry-wide challenge, which is why I think this discussion is so important. You know, and you've told me in the past, Seth, and when we've had conversations that you feel that as a group, and and again, we're, we're unfortunately generalizing, but that's kind of what we have to do. But you've told me in the past you feel millennials are the most hated generation. Tell me why you feel that way and what do you think can be done on both sides, both from millennials and from older generations to kind of reduce that friction? I think there are a couple of things that the reason why I say they're the most hated generation, I think that for one, I think the youngest generation in any market is the most hated generation at that time. Couldn't agree more. We've all been hated. Absolutely. We've we've all been the millennial before. We've all been the youngest person in the market trying to inspire new ways of doing business, trying to get to a certain point of achievement, advance ourselves, all of those things. And we all bring a certain level of resistance to any market that we're entering into. And there's a study that was done, and it shows that at any point in history, there are four generations that are active in the consumer marketplace. And I think that at any point, that bottom person, whoever holds that bottom spot, is the one that is the most hated, the most revered, because they are the ones that are challenging all the other three generations that have become well cemented within the marketplace. And I just see that as it's not just us, it's been everybody. And so I always try to encourage people to say, you've been in these shoes before. Think about what that was like for you. Now, I also think to take a second point here, I think that a lot of things, because everything moves quicker, technology, the way we do business, everything is moving faster and increasing with the frequency of how we do things and when we do things. And so I think that that is also a challenge for this younger group. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We feel like we're behind. We feel like as we come into 
our places that are not just jobs, but careers. And we gain leadership roles. We feel like we're behind because everything has moved so fast. And the older generations are actually the one driving that. I always tell people whenever they say, oh, millennials are so tech savvy. I say, well, no, Gen X and the baby boomers were the ones that pushed technology to the level where it is right now. We're just the ones trying to figure out how to better embrace it as part of our daily lives. So I feel like that sort of mentality of playing catch up also puts us down a bit more because that's whenever you get those unfair stereotypes like entitlement, narcissism, all of those sort of things come with this group just because of the world that they live in, because of the world they're comfortable in and because they want to show that world to everybody else. They want to say, well, why do you not have technological integration? Let's do more to advance that. And I think that that just gives them sort of a bad rap as a group. Right. And as you were talking, I made a note and the word I came up with was, I think maybe the youngest generation in any time period is the most restless. Absolutely. Because whatever world they're entering has already been decided for them. And so they've had no part in the decision making. And now that younger generation is getting to a place where they have input yep. and they see how things might be better, even though if they don't have the experience, they want to try different things. And so most restless came to mind. Why do you think as older generations, again, we're, we're stereotyping here. I think a lot of older people forget that we were once the younger generation. I think I keep myself out of that, but I know there's a lot of people who don't. Why do you think as we get older, we forget that, hey, that was once me? I don't know if it's because we become so grounded in what we do or the world that we've developed around us that we forget that. It used to be such a frustration for me whenever I was in college and getting to the end of undergrad and looking at all of this. The one thing about this group is they're so ambitious. And I mean, like all of us at that point in our lives, we have so much ambition. And I feel like and I could be wrong in this, but I feel like that ambition was at one time embraced. But now it's looked at as entitlement. So mm -hmm. whereas I was coming out of college and I'm so ambitious and I'm like, I'm not going to go do just one thing. I, I want to do all these things. I want to experience things. I want to go find a place where I can build more than just a job. And I want to give back to society and all of these things. And then I feel like the world that was needing to bring me into that was really resistant to that, was really resistant to me coming into that place. And so I don't know if we get to a certain point in our lives where we just forget that and I would hope that it's impactful enough to the millennial generation where whenever they're in these business decision roles and they're actually doing business with Generation Z, that they don't forget that, that we don't forget where we were and that we really have tried so hard to get to the places we are and will continue to do so. And so I think that that ambition is just seen completely differently today than it ever was. And I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think it's a mystery to us all. I always think it's a level of comfort. I say in a lot of the talks that I give, especially when I'm talking about people getting outside their comfort zones, I'll say, you know, if I asked all of you to get up out of this room, go get a coffee, go get a donut or whatever, and come back and sit down, you would all sit back in the same seats you're in right now. And you'd only do that because it's comfortable. So maybe that's it. You know, and you were talking about some of those negative stereotypes that are cast on millennials, mm -hmm. entitled, narcissistic, financially irresponsible, impatient, constant need of approval. 
But what's interesting to me, it seems like the next generation, Generation Z, is generally cast in a far more positive light. And people use terms like they're conscientious and hardworking and mindful of the future. Why do they get off the hook? Well, I want to circle back to those individually just to look at it. But I'll say I think that the way that I'm seeing it, for one, Generation Z does not make up a very large footprint in society yet. They will in the coming years, especially in the business world. But for now, I think people are so focused on this millennial group. We're just talking about it so much. There's all this research out there. And if you type in millennials under books on Amazon, you'll get 100 books on this generation, whereas Generation Z, you'll get maybe three books. So I feel like we're so focused on this group that we, for one, haven't begun to direct our attention to say, what are they going to bring with them? But I also feel that whenever you're talking about one generation concluding, which is where the millennials are right now and Generation Z coming in right behind them, There's this level of commonality between the generations that it doesn't have as much of a gap as it will in 10 years. So, for example, in the early 80s, whenever you're looking at the end of Generation X and the beginning of the millennial group or Generation Y, there's a lot more commonality between those people. So I can talk to somebody and they say, well, I'm technically a Gen Xer, but I relate to Gen Y. And somebody gave a great example a few weeks ago to me. They said, I'm a Gen Xer in that whenever I was a kid, I loved to play outside. But I'm a Gen Y person in that whenever I would come in from outside, I'd play video games. So it's that certain level of connection that there's not a huge difference between us yet. Part of it is because we're all kind of growing into the same place at the same time. But I feel that as years progress, we'll start to see more of the challenges that are present with that group. And then to go back to the stereotypes that are out there, I feel like for some reason, all of these types of stereotypes, entitlement, narcissism, financial irresponsibility, impatient, the need for constant feedback, it's all for some reason directed at the millennial group. But in reality, To me, it's everybody. I mean, everybody at this point in time is somewhat entitled. And are millennials entitled? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, we used to call that ambition. But do they feel like they're behind and they need to have this need to achieve? Absolutely. But then I also think that some of the more entitled people are those in like a baby boom or even Generation X place right now, because it's these people that have been in business. Let's say you've been in your company for 20 years. And the president's position opens up and the person that's been there for 20 years says, oh, well, that's obviously going to be me. I've been here the longest. Well, no, not necessarily. Maybe there's somebody that is more experienced, more qualified, more educated, whatever it may be. But that's a sense of entitlement. And I feel like it's viewed differently at this younger level. And I mean, narcissism, we live in a world of technology and online and we are all that way. It is certainly not exclusive to the millennial group. I will say that I think that narcissism is going to be one of those things that Generation Z gets tacked onto them a lot more than we did, because you look at the vast majority of millennials grew up into a world where there wasn't social media. I mean, social media didn't come out until I was well into my college career, and I didn't start using it on a professional level until a few years ago. So I see it as they've had it since they were kids, since their parents put an iPad in their hands whenever they were a little kid. So they've got that opportunity to be viewed much more that way. So I feel like they're going to get tacked into that. You know, financial irresponsibility. Yeah, absolutely. This group is, I always look at it as they're the most educated, but they also have the most debt. 
that's something that's part of the place we are in society. And it's an unfortunate truth. But yeah, okay, that's a truth. But it's not necessarily a negative. To me, it looks like that's all the more need to achieve because they've been financially irresponsible in their early days. And also the need for constant feedback. I look at it as we all at some point have had that need for constant feedback. And I don't know if it's an early in a career sort of thing. But yeah, this group needs constant feedback. And I would say on behalf of millennials, I apologize if that's an inconvenience, but they need constant feedback. If you give feedback every day, it's not enough feedback. It doesn't have to be positive feedback. It doesn't have to be fluffy feedback, just any kind of feedback. And I gave a presentation a few months ago and an older gentleman, a much older baby boomer, walked up to me and handed me a folded piece of paper and walked away. And he put on the piece of paper, he said, feedback is a gift. We all should strive for feedback. I like that. I look at it and I say, yeah, that's exactly right. We all should want feedback at the level where millennials want it. But I feel as we get a little bit older, we get more progressed in our careers or in our professions that we don't seek it out as much as this group. So I always tell people, if a millennial wants feedback, give them feedback every day. If they want a trophy for everything that they're doing, give them that little trophy every single day in the form of feedback, because in the long run, it'll get you a better employee, it'll get you a better business relationship, and it'll create a more valuable person in our workforce. That's a great answer. That's some really great information, Seth. As we look to the promotional products industry and kind of narrow the focus a little bit, as we know, there's been a great deal of discussion on not only how to bring more millennials into the industry, but how do we best support and nurture them? And I think you kind of just touched on that. And your role with PPAI, you're really at the forefront of this. What would you like to see suppliers and distributors in our industry to move it forward, to bring more millennials to our industry? I think the attraction piece is there because we all are in this business because it's fun and unique and challenging and engaging. We need to be able to go tell the younger generation that, to show them that this is a fun, exciting place to be and that we're growing. And how many industries can say they've grown year over year, uh, have put aside economic recessions and all of these things to continue to expand our place? And we've got to be able to highlight that a bit more. And I think that bringing those people in is an easy part. I really do. I think that the conversations that I'm out there having with suppliers and distributors and business service providers, everybody that relates to our industry, they have a good sell for what our business does as a whole. And I think that we've got to continue to foster the growth of these young professionals within our industry. We've got a lot of young professionals that work in our industry. They're not in those forward-facing roles. If you walk around the expo show floor, you're not going to say, wow, there are so many millennials that work in this industry because they're not in those roles. They're in the support roles. They're in the graphic design roles, the IT roles. But the one thing I want suppliers and distributors to realize is those people, those young professionals are part of our industry. Even if they never touch our industry, they are a part of what we're doing here. And the things that I'm trying to create, the different communication strategies and trainings for young professionals, and then we've got a new program called Spark with PPAI that we're going to have an event, young professionals event at Expo. We're going to have a standalone young professionals conference exclusive to young professionals in our industry this next summer. I want people to realize that those support roles can be the future of our industry. Who's to say that that graphic design person doesn't one day want to lead that company? 
So let's embrace that now. Let's give those people the opportunity to connect with each other, learn more about the industry, get to a place where they separate it from being a job to being a career. That's a great answer. And I know you've been working a lot with Spark. And I think there was an event at LDW, I think was very well attended. And so I'm glad to see that growing. You know, we chatted about Gen Z before and I was making some notes. So I've got some bad news for everybody. Millennials aren't going anywhere. And I've got some worse news. As soon as you get comfortable working with millennials, Gen Z's right on their heels because they're about to enter the workforce. So how do you think, in general, millennials are going to react when Gen Z joins the workforce? Like you said, I agree. The generation gap between Gen X and Gen Y is fairly vast. You know, the world I grew up in, I played outside. I did play video games at times, but I didn't have 800 channels. I didn't have on-demand program. I didn't have all the things that certainly Gen Z has. So there is not the gap between Gen Y and Gen Z. How do you think the millennials in general are going to react when they enter the workforce? I think for the time being, it's going to be easy enough for Gen Z for the very beginning of Gen Z entering the workforce. Like I said, I think there's a seamless transition for the time being. However, as that group, as the younger members of that group come in and begin to continually challenge the way we do business, which is what all of the generations have done and creates new marketplace interrupters, I think that it's going to significantly challenge the millennial generation for one reason, because we will have gotten to a point by then to say, okay, we've found a great balance. We've worked hard to create this balance, especially in our industry too the old ways and the new ways. And we found this great common understanding that everybody appreciates. And then you're going to have this next generation that comes in and even challenges the work that has been done by the connectivity between all the groups. So I think that that's going to present a challenge for this group. And then another thing is because, like I said earlier, we, the millennials, feel like they're they're behind. I actually read an article yesterday that said that millennials in their 20s have been the youngest paid group of 20-somethings in history compared to the rest of society. And I think that that's all part of that where we are is a little bit behind. We feel like we're one step behind. So if we feel that way, we're going to feel like this Generation Z is more of a competition to us, especially the ones that are going to start out into the market, because they already, like you said, already have a better presence in the eyes of other generations that they're going to have to come in and work with. And so I feel like it's going to be a bit of a challenge. But I also, at the same time, don't want millennials to forget where they've been, the work that they've done in their first 10 years of their career to ensure that there's a balance and there's a commonality. Let's try to keep that going and try to influence and inspire this younger generation to come into that to correctly challenge authority, to correctly challenge the way of business is being done. And hopefully in that, we can create a better atmosphere for them coming into the market than what some of the millennials have faced. And I hear it all the time. People say, oh, it can't be that bad. Well, it's not. It hasn't been horrible. We are all, especially the ones in this industry, we all have good jobs. We work in a good industry. We probably have people around us that support us. But we've all obviously been in that youngest spot and have had to kind of claw our way in a little bit. So we just don't need to forget that. We need to understand that this next group is going to face the exact same thing. And for us to be able to mentor and coach them in such a way that makes it a little bit of an easier transition. 
No, I love that answer, and you know, it made me think of in the game of life, time is still undefeated. Yep. So everybody gets older. I am 47, but I still feel like I'm 19, and I think I'll feel like I'm 19 when I'm 80, and I think you yeah. will, and I think Absolutely. everybody will. But we do need to kind of remember where we come from. As we start kind of wrapping this up and bringing it home, what advice do you offer potential employers in the industry? They're seeking to add millennial talent, but they really don't know how to do it. Well, I think there's a lot of resistance to adding millennial talent, especially if it's somebody that has not had somebody that is a true millennial. And by true millennial, it's somebody that really wants to come in and create a unique atmosphere for themselves. I think they need to be less resistant to that and understand that if somebody's coming in and continuously asking questions and continuously challenging the way you're doing business, it's a good thing. It's all part of improving yourself and it's all part of growth. And so I think if they get that mentality to say, it's okay, it's going to be a challenge. It's not going to be just like hiring an employee that's been out there in the world for 20 years. It's somebody that wants something unique, that's seeking out something different, that wants to provide a different sort of mark to society. And as far as going out and seeking those people, they're out there. I mean, it shouldn't be an excuse at this point to not have a millennial or to not have somebody of that generation within your workforce because they're out there. We've got to tap into them. There's the group coming out of college and then there's the group that's well cemented in the workforce. But we've now got to bring them into what we're doing and give them the opportunity to lead and to grow. And I think that there are many ways that people can do that. And having conversations and getting connected with things like young professionals groups is something I stress huge because Mm -hmm. the young professionals groups that I'm a part of, we're basically always begging people to come in and speak to us and senior leaders from other organizations and different industries because we want to show people, hey, if you're not happy in what you're doing, here's what you should be doing. And the way that I see it is this industry should be that one that's on the top of people's list. But we have to get out there and have the conversation. People are no longer just going to come to us because maybe they heard about us. We've got to lay it out right in front of them, say, this is what you need to be doing. This is the coolest thing ever. Why don't you come join us? So just getting out there and connecting and then connecting to to colleges and universities. People think that that's a huge challenge. It's not. It's super easy. Colleges and universities want those business partner relationships so that they can send their kids to have internships. They can send their kids there to have interviews, to create mentorships, all of these different things. Our industry is not doing that as a whole, and we need to do a better job. And one of the huge things that I'm focused on over the next year is to do college advocacy and to get us more connected with colleges and universities and to start having those conversations and creating that level of connectivity that's necessary. But I always tell people, you can get out there and do it. Everybody has that opportunity. If you're connected with an alumni association, all the better. If you're connected with a local university because you do business with them, just start having that conversation saying, hey, we're out there. We need people to better define our place, our competitive place in this unique market. And I always tell college students, whenever I walk into a college classroom, I say, we're the promotional products industry. You probably never heard about us, but we're 500,000 people, we're $20 billion, and we're hiring. And that's the truth. We absolutely are. We have no place to go but up and to advance ourselves. And we've just got to continue to push that together. And this group is a great group to tap into for that. Now, I love that. I love that. And I love the passion you're bringing to the conversation. I think 
you said it a couple times, but I think it bears repeating again. This is a conversation we have to have. For so long, I think as an industry, we stuck our heads in the sand. This is a kind of a joke, but it's true. And I tell people this when I'm explaining my industry and the challenges we face, that when I'm at 47 and I'm considered one of the young guns in the industry, that's yep. a problem. That's Absolutely. a big problem. And so I love the fact that we're having this conversation. I love this. How can people get in touch with you, Seth, if they want to learn more about Spark, what you're doing, or anything at PPA? How can they get in touch with you? Certainly contact me. My email address is sethb at ppai.org. And then also I encourage everybody to check out the diversity page of the website. It's where all the generational diversity topics lie. It's ppai.org slash diversity. And you can find out everything. And there's three different categories on there from if you're somebody that's in a hiring place or you're managing young professionals, if you're wanting to know more about doing business with young professionals, or if you are a young professional within our industry, there are certainly ways to get connected with us. And I strongly encourage that on their end. Awesome. Seth, again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of, I know, your busy schedule to do this podcast, and, and I really think there's some valuable information, so really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill. And I, I want to say that this program and everything that PPAI does on this end of things is for the betterment of the industry as a whole. It's not exclusive to our membership. It's not exclusive to people that we're only immediately connected to. And I, I really feel passionate about this program and, and continuing to develop this content and these conversations and for the betterment of, of our industry as a whole unit and for our continued place of growth. No, oh, that's a great, great ending point. So again, thank you, Seth. And thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.